Welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I'm a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off mommy island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. Monique Samuels is living proof that you can have it all as wife, mother, entrepreneur, author, Real Housewives of Potomac star, and philanthropist. She is her own empire not one to shy away from the tough stuff. She has built a community of women who are committed to accomplishing their goals. Her brand, Not For Lazy Moms, has signaled to the world that a new generation of moms is here. One where we mamas tackle the taboo together and support each other as the boss women we are. She also just debuted her new book, Potty Training Mommy and Daddy, to help parents tackle potty training. Further proof that Monique really can do it all. Welcome, Monique. Thank you so much. (laughs) I am so excited to meet you. Thank you for being on. It's such an honor. And you are hands down one of my favorite women on television, not just Bravo, but television. Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Your strength, your commitment to yourself and your family, your work ethic, you completely embody everything that my brand get mom is about so thank you for being here to talk about how you do you and i hope we are going to inspire so many moms out there to follow in your footsteps yes, so you. oh thank you so let's start at the beginning you literally grew up in a place called pleasantville which is amazing <laughs> were you always a little girl with a vision of having a family someday or what was your journey to motherhood like? My journey was one that uh, I guess like a lot of other people, you just kind of blow with the wind, especially when it comes to your idea of what type of family you would have. Um, I've always been a very hands-on person when it came to just completing tasks. I was that kid that watched all of my baby cousins, but I more so was on the nurturing side. My sister used to say that I was boring and babies would just fall asleep with me. And that's why I was good at putting them to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But as I got older and it came time for me to start my own family, I was actually really nervous because I was like, okay, I know how to take care of a baby. 
But what happens when the baby starts talking to me? What happens when they want to do fun things? Am I going to be a fun mom? Am I going to know how to be creative enough to engage with this child? And it's just amazing. It's just that thing that just happens. You have this baby and everything just is like flooding in your mind. You want the best for them. I take it very seriously that it is my job for how this person's life turns out. So I'm going to do my best to equip this baby with everything from the time they're born. And it was funny because I would have my newborn, Christopher, walking around in a grocery store and I'm talking to him like he's a grown person. And people would kind of like look at me like, why is she talking to this newborn? <laughs> I'm having conversation with him because I realized that he's constantly watching me. He's looking at my lips. He's watching the move. He's learning from the time he's a baby. And when I noticed that, I said to myself, wow, it's amazing how this child is so focused and locked in. So I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm going to give him everything he needs. And I mean, my baby was trying to talk at two months old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> amazing. Like, yes, he wow. was. I have a video where he's like mimicking my sounds. And I mean, two months old and he's looking at my lips and he's mimicking. And I think that was an important lesson for me. And that's what kind of helped me to really just take this mom journey very seriously. And I wanted to be that mom that could give my child everything he needs, also be a good wife to my husband, and then also be a good person to me. And I just took on this journey and I said, I'm going to try my best to just figure it out and try to find this balance. And that's kind of how it started. Well, and now you're here, you are definitely in it and you have such an amazing career. And let's talk about your husband, Chris. He clearly, he loves you so much on the Real Housewives of Potomac. It seems like he loves you so much that he really wishes sometimes that you would be less busy and spend more time with him and the kids. But I love how you have stayed true to yourself and kept the focus on your wants and needs, which is, I mean, we know it's no easy feat when you have a partner and children. Everyone wants your attention. So what is your advice to moms listening out there who are experiencing similar power struggles with their partner? Oh my goodness. Look, when we first started out, Chris and I, we've been together almost 15 years and a lot of that was just me and him. I had the time. I had the flexibility to kind of be his, uh, you know, his ride or die, <laughs> his superwoman. And then every time you add a kid, you start off with this 100% piece of yourself. And then you kind of give 50% of that away to your spouse. And then once you have a child, now you're taking another 50%. So you're only left with 25% to you. And I said to my husband, I said, look, when you were doing your thing, when you were focused on the NFL and I was supporting your career, we didn't have the kids. Now we have to restructure the way we move. And sometimes that's going to mean that you don't get as much attention as you used to the same way I don't get as much attention as I used to. So it's a give and take. And I think sometimes men can be uh, even more sensitive than us women at times. <laughs> oh, I agree. You know, you're right. You're yes. right. They want all the love and attention. And sometimes it's just giving that simple reminder that, hey, you know, I was there for you and supported you 100% with all your endeavors. Now it's my turn, you know? So when I give that reminder and then he knows I wake up and I'm nonstop, I go to bed after everybody. So when he can see that, wow, you really are like grinding and you're doing your best to like focus on the kids, you, me, and it's just not what it used to be, but it's still not as bad as it could be. 
I think that he can sit back and appreciate that. So it's just keeping that lines of communication open and then just reassuring him that, you know, I'm still here for you the same way you're here for me. It's just that I have to restructure what balance means, you know? So um, that's just kind of like what we have to do. And if I had to give a piece of advice to other women out there who are struggling with that, I would say one thing I noticed is that when I compliment my husband a lot and I give him props for what he is doing, because let's face it, the men don't parent the way we do. No, they, no, 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 they no, they do not. Yeah, They don't, they don't. But what I realized is when I do encourage him and give him compliments for what he is doing based on what he feels comfortable doing, um, it goes a long way. I think sometimes we moms have the tendency to kind of like jump right on them. Like, wait, you're doing it wrong or you're not doing it like I right. am. Hovering and negativity. Right. Yes. So I love what you're saying. And it's it's important not just to kind of throw a like, thanks, honey, or nice job, honey. Like more specific. Thank you for emptying the dishwasher. Thank you for brushing the kids' teeth. And because you're really pointing out specifics, then they, our partners, understand, oh, Monique's paying attention. Yes. She's watching, right? You have to, look, you have to, it's almost like you have to reward them the same way you would want to be rewarded. I know a lot of times I'm like, I don't feel, I don't feel appreciated sometimes as a mom because nobody's calling out every little single thing that I'm doing on top of the fact that my work for myself isn't being acknowledged. So when my husband comes into the office and he's like, babe, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, you need anything? No, I'm good. I'm proud of you. What? Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, so I have to remember to do that for him too, you know, and because he is retired, he has a lot more time on his hands and he's not used to having this amount of free time. So I think because of that, he has a lot more time to focus on the fact that I'm not focused on him. <laughs> not all the time, you know, but, um, but I think those compliments go a long way. Look, he loves when I just say, you are such an awesome father. Like you are so hands-on and I love it. Um, you know, I appreciate you taking care of the kids. I appreciate you, you know, giving me time to, you know, brush up in the office and do whatever I need to do on a computer. And then even including him in what I'm doing. Even though he'll probably say no. I'll be like, hey, babe, did you want to come in here with me? I'm about to fill some orders. Oh, no, I'm good. Okay, well, you know, I think they just want that conversation. They just want to feel like I'm not just singing in the house being ignored, you know? And one thing I really love about you is that you walk the talk. And you don't just preach this anthem of want it all, do it all, have it all. I mean, you live it. And one place you're doing this is on your website, Not For Lazy Moms, which you have said it's a community of new generation moms who are dedicated to helping one another succeed. And I have to be honest with you, you know, I'm such a huge fan of everything you do. But when you first announced the name of your site three years ago, I thought to myself, oh, whoa, this this is aggressive and it might alienate some moms, even yeah. though like I'm coming from a place of like cheerleading for you. Yes. What was the inspiration for the name and how did you set about establishing this brand and philosophy despite the risk of some women calling you mean or Unsupportive. I know that there's two rules to uh, publicity. There's good publicity and there's bad publicity. I was always told it doesn't matter which one as long as you're getting publicity. <laughs> so when I came up with the name, I'm very snarky. People who know me, they know I love a play on words. And one day I was taking care of my daughter 
who at the time was four months old. She had a double ear infection and I was determined to give her relief without using antibiotics because I really just didn't feel that the antibiotics were helping or would help. She had never received them before, so I didn't want to give it to her. Um, so I started to use all of my little home remedies, make it a garlic poultice. I was using essential oils and I was doing it around the clock and she had relief. I took her back to the doctor within seven days and she was completely healed. She didn't have any more symptoms. The doctor didn't know because I didn't tell him that I didn't use the prescription he gave me, but I was able to find relief for her and she's not had an ear infection since and she's five. So the reason I'm telling this story is because my mom who was in town watched me as I was applying these oils and doing these home remedies every hour, all through the night, making sure she's good. And she just watched me. She said, wow, you are such a great mom. She said, I'm just proud watching you. And she said, you know, what you're doing is just not for the lazy. And I just oh, love her. Oh. Actually, that's actually pretty unique. Not for lazy moms. And I told her, I was like, you know, it doesn't really matter what our approach is to parenting. No one who is lazy can do it because mm. you have to have the ability to be selfless when you're a parent. And all of us moms out there have that different levels of it, but we all have it. And I looked on different websites and I saw a lot of articles titled lazy mom or, you know, websites or businesses titled lazy mom. And I said, you know what, that's such a negative connotation for what parenting is. So when I came up with not for lazy moms, it was basically a play on words to say that there's no way possible you can be a mom and be lazy. Everything that we do requires us to put forth work, to put forth effort. And when you hear the title, it's going to draw you in if you believe optimistically that, okay, yeah, I'm not a lazy mom. I'm going to be a part of this club. Or if you don't like the title, it's still going to draw you in because you're now curious. Well, what's this about? Not for lazy moms, you know? And then you kind of almost prove to yourself that, yeah, I'm not a lazy mom, so I'm down with this, you know? And then when you go to the website, you'll see that our mission is all about embracing this community of women who sometimes feel like they're the only ones going through what we're going through when we're dealing with our children, when we're dealing with our relationships, when we're dealing with our businesses, our endeavors, our, you know, whatever we're going through. And the whole purpose of the site was to let people know you are not alone. Here's what I go through. I'm being 100% transparent with you. You can get through this. And the amount of feedback that I've received from moms who felt like no one else was going through what they were going through because they felt ashamed to talk about it. They are like, wow, now it's making me feel better about getting through this because I know there's an end to it and I'm going to be okay. So it's a long story, but it's a big reason behind it. And I believe in it. And I love that I've turned a lot of people who thought that the title was, you know, condescending. I like snarky, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. Like me. I was like, what the heck is going right. on? <laughs> no, what you're saying makes perfect sense. And one thing I talk about a lot is how moms need to start from a place of passion when designing their family lives. So I always say, like, start from what turns you on, what makes you excited to get out of bed, and then build your life around that. because. You know, living your entire life on Mommy Island consumed by your children's endless wants and needs is really no way to live. You know, I just fully believe just because you're a mom, you're not dead. It's just the beginning as a woman. So you have to throw yourself a life preserver. And I want to know what is turning you on right now, whether in your personal or professional life? 
Yes. So for me right now, the thing that I love about what I do as far as Not For Lazy Moms is the fact that I'm kind of mixing being a mom also with my business and I'm taking notes. Everything that my kids do, it's a story, you know, (laughs) so it's something that I can turn into almost a business. So, for instance, the potty training, I've been documenting since my first son was six months old his potty training journey. I started potty training my kids very early, as soon as they started sitting up. When my daughter was born, I documented everything that she went through and her approach to potty training and her response to it. And I did the same with my last son, Chase. And I was able to take all of this information, all of that experience, and turn it into a how-to book. So it's an introduction. It's called Potty Training Mommy and Daddy. And it's an introduction to introducing infant potty training as early as six months old. Mm-hmm. And when people heard or saw me doing this with my kids, they were like, oh, your kids must just like you're crazy. Or yeah, definitely. I got the crazy mom, the overbearing mom, all of those things. You're putting too much pressure on your kids. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to introduce something sooner so that they're never afraid of it. They'll always know what it's for. So with the potty training book, it allowed me the chance to really make it so simplified, 10 easy steps that can help you start this journey sooner than later. And you'll see that your kids will be potty trained a lot sooner than their peers because they will never have a fear or a question about what that potty is for. Oh, well, congratulations. I too wrote a book this year and it is quite a journey. And I love what you said. Again, you're walking the talk. You're taking your real life and you are documenting it. So you don't forget because of course we all have brain fog, um, especially when we have sometimes sleepless nights with our littles, especially with ear infections and sickness. But I love that, like you said, you have turned your life into a business and you're trying to help other moms and educate other moms on tools that like truly do work, even though, like you said, people were calling you crazy or helicopter mom or micromanager. You're like, no, no, this truly works. All right. So something tells me potty training isn't your only superpower. What are your other mom hacks for navigating life with three little children? Oh, having a routine. I am. Mm, Yes. I love having a routine. I will like write out their whole day and stick to it. And it's not like perfect every day, trust me. But one thing that is perfect is their bedtime. They will go to bed on time (laughs) because after they go to bed, then that's time for me and my husband to, you know, have our moment, whether we're watching movies or just hanging out, having a glass of wine. We need that downtime. So I believe in structure. And sometimes it's hard as the parent to really get into the rhythm as well. But I'm telling you, if you do it, your life is so much easier. They wake up, my kids wake up around eight or nine Mm o'clock. And when they're up, you know, brush your teeth, let's get some clothes on. We eat breakfast and then we sit outside on the front porch. They like to squirt water guns and, you know, just to get some fresh air, you know, gaze at the sun, just get out the house. And it really starts off their day. My husband likes to do football drills with them. So he'll have all three oh, of them. Oh, that's so cute. Right. Yeah. Yes. You're like, run, run, yes. get ready for nap time. <laughs> yes. Get all the energy out and just try to create something that's productive. They love to do arts and crafts. I'm always online trying to figure out new things for them to do um, or create. And it's really fun. And then sometimes we just turn music on and they like to dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, just coming up with different things. But having a routine really will save the day if you have that wake up time and then that ending time. And when you have those moments where you're feeling so overwhelmed, 
then you can in your mind count down like, okay, it's five o'clock. We have three more hours. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm totally with you. Sometimes I look in the mirror. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like yes. such a disheveled mess. But yes. when you know that there is an end to your day and it's not going to be filled with power struggles to get your children into bed. Yes. It is like the Holy grail it is it really such, is. it's just, and, and then, you know, when you get to have your mommy time, which I'm like, you know, just like what you are doing with your brand, the hugest advocate for putting the me in mommy and just like not losing yourself just because you're a mom yes. and not feeling guilt about it. So it's fantastic. Yes. So, in my parent coaching practice, I encounter a lot of fathers who feel, you know, they're just the babysitter mentality. But Chris, he looks like an involved dad. It's, he sounds like it based on our conversation. And so how do you two tackle bedtime and the distribution of other parenting tasks like meal and playtime, with the football and like who's doing all the arts and crafts? Because, you know, it takes time to research and then do the activities without you walking away thinking to yourself, why did I even bother? Like that was such a disaster. Yes. I have come to the realization that I get really frustrated when I expect for my husband to do things that are outside of his comfort zone. Um, So that was a real big struggle for me for a long time because I'm expecting him to approach things the same way that I do. And he's the type that will, he will participate in whatever I lay out. And that's been his personality. And I frustrated myself because I kept having this expectation that, no, you should do that. I just had to get to the point where I just said, you know what, let me just do what I'm good at and then let him do what he's good at. And stop having that expectation because all it's doing is driving me nuts. So if I can structure the day and I say, hey, this is what we're going to do at this time. Let's do this, that, or the other. Can you take them outside at this time? It's like, that's what works for him. So I had to just get to a point of acceptance and just say, okay, he's not that person that's good at planning out certain things. He's never been a planner. So let me stop driving myself crazy expecting for something to happen that's never going to happen. And I think a lot of us moms tend to do that. So once I got to a point where I could recognize his strengths and those were the things that I expect him to handle and take care of. So if I'm like, Chris, can you take the kids outside? He knows what to do with them outside. I don't have to like give him order and instruction for that. That's just like, okay, cool. They'll be out there playing basketball. They'll do football drills. They'll ride the bike. And I know that they're good and they're happy and everything's good. Um, we're good at delegating certain tasks. So he's really good at making sure the kids eat. Chris, he loves to eat. We both do. But he, I am a person where as soon as I'm involved in whatever I'm involved in, it might be hours that go by. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't ate. Let me go. Chris is the one that's like, I already ordered food or I'm about to cook or, you know, what do you want to make for dinner? If he can get everything from the store, then I have no problem cooking it, <laughs> you know, but sometimes I don't have that time to run to the store while I'm doing other things. So we do delegate back and forth based on our strengths. And once we started doing that, it was a lot more peace and acceptance, you know? And it sounds like you guys are just a really complimentary, perfect team, which is so important in parenting. And like you said, you just have to, instead of trying to get, your partner to do something that is totally 
over his head or out of his wheelhouse or his comfort zone, or he's just like not in the mood to do, the minute we can just get off their backs and let it go and say, you know what? This isn't going to work, but this does work. And then it just gets rid of the animosity and the complaining and just like makes the whole family so much happier and calm. Yeah. And then also it doesn't, it doesn't excuse them of, of not stepping to the plate for sure. Um, They have to bring something, you know, they have to bring some type of energy. They have to bring something to the table. So even if it's just sitting down and having a conversation and saying, look, I feel like I'm doing a lot and I'll look over and you're like sitting on the couch, hanging out, watching TV. And I wish I could do that too. But what can we do so that we can both team up and get things done together so that we can both enjoy and have little breaks throughout the day? Or maybe we alternate and take breaks. You sit on the couch from 12 to 2, and then I sit on the couch from 2 to 4. Like, let's create some type of system so that nobody is feeling like they're doing more than the other all the time. Because you get more out, especially with the kids. Just the kids alone is like your mind is never resting. Sleep changes from the time you have a child. You never right. sleep like you did before. Mm-hmm. 100%. So it's like, I don't need my brain to be constantly, you know, running a marathon. And then you're just like chilling over there. <laughs> you know? Nope. No, so thanks. You gotta no have thanks. That conversation. Yeah, you got to have that conversation. Sometimes it may be very uncomfortable. I know just literally on the show, this past episode, episode uh, four, I basically sat Chris down and said, look, if I'm doing all the mommy stuff and I'm also maintaining my business stuff, then when it comes to the relationship and us dating again, you need to do that. Maybe you can take that on your plate and plan us a nice dinner or a nice outing, call the sitter and say, hey, you know, I want to plan something nice for my wife. So you should do that if I'm doing everything else. And when you have those tough conversations, next thing I know, he actually did it. You know, he actually planned a beautiful outing for us. I didn't have to do anything. He just told me to get dressed and I was dressed. He told me what kind of outfit to wear and he took me out. He even had a car service. Like this he did so the- romantic. I'm like yeah. so impressed. That's a bit was- amazing. But it took me being frustrated for so long that he wasn't making the steps and the effort as far as I was concerned. But when I finally voiced it, he actually did it. And I was like, oh, that's all I had to do is just like say something. <laughs> right, just professionally communicate rather than like what I just said, you know, whine and complain and just- yep. It, when you right when you can just speak to your partner professionally and they receive it so much better yes. than not so yes. much, oh I yeah. mean just less critical and just really watching the delivery the tone it's all in the tone oh, right oh. the tone all right I want to talk about your muscles oh. your arms my babies. <laughs> no the, well I, whatever you're doing I need to know your secrets. <laughs> Because as we're getting to know you, obviously you have a lot going on. So how do you prioritize your health? And has Chris ever made you feel guilty about the time it takes? Because I know it doesn't happen with you just laying on the couch. I mean, we know you're not laying on the couch, but we know it's not just lifting the kids and carrying them in your arms. So I'm not asking this to put you or Chris in the hot seat, but to hopefully inspire moms out there who are listening who struggle to take time away from their family or their partners complain about the time, the money, you know, it's not free, but you know, to be in shape and to take care of yourself. So tell us 
how have you maintained Monique? Yes. When it comes to health and fitness, I had a friend of Chris and I who said, you have to choose at least one. If you're going to have time to work out and then you don't want to have, you know, a very well-balanced diet, he said, you just can't do both wrong. You can't not work out and not eat right. You have to pick one that you know you can stick to and drink plenty of water. I think people really don't understand how drinking water can literally change your body. Drinking how much water you're supposed to, which is half. All right. How much water do you drink a day? You're supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces. Mm -hmm. So I'm drinking uh, 60, 70 ounces a day. And I monitor that. It helps your skin. It helps your hair. It helps your nails everything. And it actually helps you maintain your weight. Also, I had to make the choice because I don't have time to work out every day. So I said, you know what? I'm going to really be gung-ho with my diet. I've stopped eating meats. I do eat fish. Like I'll do like seafood and everything else like that. But I will load up on vegetables. My kids love when I cook fresh veggies, lots of vegetables, lots of salad. I eat to where I feel content. I'm not going to skip meals. I eat and snack all day long, (laughs) you know, and I drink plenty of water in between. And that alone has helped me to maintain a great size and weight. Now, after I have the babies, that's a whole nother subject. Oh, please. Listen, I'm walking. If I have time watching TV, I will start doing some sit-ups and I'll start doing some Mm -hmm. push-ups. I'll get to my steps and do some dips. And I think what happens is A lot of times we overwhelm ourselves with thinking we have to work out for a whole hour or two hours every single day, morning, noon, and night. When if you just do something for 20 minutes, as long as you're doing something, and then before you go to bed, chug down some water an hour before you fall asleep. When you wake up, let the first thing you drink be water. It will change your body. I'm a living testimony to that. I don't overdo it and I don't underdo it. I'm like right in the middle. I don't work out every day. I'll try to work out two to three times a week. And sometimes it's just family walks. So what we'll do as a family is Chase will put him in a stroller and the other two will walk or jog. I'll jog away and then I'll jog back while they're still walking. And we'll take turns doing that. The kids will run with me and, you know, we're just going around the neighborhood. So now the whole family's getting an exercise and then I'm able to do my little sprints so I can feel like I'm really benefiting from it and then come back. My husband can't run on pavement. He's too large. You know, he's 6'6", 330 pounds. So that will tear up his knees, which he's already had surgery, so many surgeries on. So I think it's just being creative and just trying to figure out different ways that you could squeeze in and then stretching and then meditating and telling your meditation. Yes. you, You can speak life into your body. You can tell your body. Like I am a believer in that. I believe that you can literally, you, you meditate and you tell your body what you want it to be and it will listen to you. And some people think it's crazy, but me and my kids do it all the time. We speak positive. I know, and I say same thing. I'm like, you know what? Give me 30 days. Give me 30 days. Meditate 30 days straight in a row. And I want you to say to me that I'm crazy. And every single client comes back to me like it's life changing. Yes, it is. So much peace. So much clarity. We said at the same time. <laughs> right. And, and everyone's like, I have so much to do. I'm like, you know what? Meditate for 10 minutes a day and you will have less to do because your brain will process all of the tasks and the emails and all the information coming at you. And you're just like, boom, boom, boom. Right? All right. Yeah. So we heard water, workout snacks, 
and meditation. Yes. I love it. I love it. You have to eat. People that will skip meals, you're actually doing a disservice to your body and to your weight loss journey. You have to eat. When you do not eat the proper amounts of food that you're supposed to eat throughout the day, your body, you're telling your body that, oh, I'm starving you. So your body holds on to the fat. So now you're not burning it. When you wake up in the morning and your stomach is growling, what happens after that growl goes away and you hadn't ate? Now your body is eating its own muscle. You know, you're tearing away at whatever progress you just made. You have to eat and you have to make sure that your meals are good, healthy, clean snacks. But your body needs to know that you're going to feed it. Otherwise, it's just going to hold on to that fat and you're not going to ever lose any weight. It's so That's true. right. It has been so wonderful to talk with you today. Just looking at you makes me want to go bench press something and start another 12 companies because you're such an inspiration. For all of us hoping to follow along with your career and family, how does my audience find you? You can find me on Instagram at, at Mrs. Monique Samuels. And then also my parenting website is at Not For Lazy Moms. And then the website, moniquesamuels.com, notforlazymoms.com. Uh, you can find everything there. And I'm on Twitter at I am Mrs. Samuels. So yeah, follow us. We will follow you. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at GetMom. And check out my website, GetMom.com, to learn more about how to get it together. For now, this is Irene, your biggest cheerleader, here to help you get it together, moms. And this podcast was recorded by Inner Studios.